Amen. So, <clears throat> let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, as we come this morning to open up your word, please give us wisdom from on high. For truly your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And so we want to invite your Holy Spirit to come and do well with us today, Lord. Uh, Lord, please hide me behind the cross. Speak for me. Speak through me. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I'm going to turn this. Turn on the uh, lapel. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Amen. What a powerful, powerful story. The sore. The story was talking about Jesus had uh, was in Galilee. He was on the seaside and he was just leaving the seaport and he asked his disciples, just push him a, a little ways from the shore. And as he was gathered there, many people came, the lame, the sick, those that were possessed with demons, and even uh, uh, some Pharisees were there. And they kind of crowded together, and they, they pressed in, you know, because there was hundreds of people there at the seashore and on the mountainside. They wanted to hear a word from Jesus. And so the Bible talks about when he came to the seashore and people were eager, uh, even those that were lame, they, they wanted to be healed, Bill. Those that were possessed by demons, they wanted to be healed. And so Christ was explaining to them, and notice what he says here. And he said that, behold, the sword went forth to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on the stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell upon thorns, and the thorns uh, uh, sprung up and choked them. But others fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some of a hundredfold, sixtyfold, and thirtyfold. And I want to make a couple of points based on this before we get to the definitions of these different uh, uh, grounds that the sea fell on. The Pharisees have perceived the meaning of Christ's parable. But to them, its lesson was unwelcome. They affect not understood it, and the multitude involved in all still greater mystery, the purpose of the new teacher, whose words had so strangely moved their hearts. 
and bitterly disappoint their ambitions. And so disciples themselves are Sorry, I'm trying to see clearly when these tears, I'm sorry, have mercy. I can dry these up. So the disciples, uh, they came. And Jesus was desire, his desire which Christ wished to arouse. That he might give them more uh, definite instruction. He explained the parable to them and asked the will and as he will make plain his word to all who seek him in sincerity and heart, who study the word of God with hearts open to his enlightenment of the Holy Spirit, will not remain in darkness and to the meaning of his word. If any man will do the will of Christ, shall he know the teaching, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. John, John 7, 70, 17. All who come to Christ for a clearer knowledge of truth will receive it. He will, he will unfold to them the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven and their, and their ministries and these ministries will be understood by the heart that long to know the truth. The sower went forth to see, or to sow. You see, in the east of the, of the state affairs was unsettled, and there was so a great danger from violence that the people dwell chiefly in, in this wall towns. The husbandmen went forth daily in their, in their labor outside the walls. And so Christ, the heavenly sower, went forth to sow. He left his home of security and peace. He left glory so that he can, he can deliver us. Somebody ought to say amen. amen. Jesus came to this sin-infested world, and that's what the story is about. When we look at all of these parables dealing with the seed, we know that the seed is the word of God. And so Jesus came to deliver his people. Now let me make two more points. To unite with Christ must leave all. In order to follow him, the old associations must be broken up, left behind. Amen? In order, to, in order for you and I to follow Christ, there are some things we have to leave behind. We can't take with us old associates, old friends, old lifestyle, uh, different things that we have been doing prior before we accepted Christ. There were things that I left. And, and, and I can share with you some of them. I, 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 I used to drink at times, and it, and it was a, more like a sociable drinker and also a smoker. And these were things that were left behind when I accepted Christ. And, and it, was, it was not something that happened overnight. It was gradually. It was gradually. And that's what Christ can do for you and I. There are some habits that we have, some hereditary traits, and some cultivated traits that Jesus wants to remove from us. Are you following what I'm saying? You see, there are some things that we still carry with us and somehow think that God is going to take us to heaven because those hereditary traits 
and those cultivated traits, things that we picked up from others. God wants us to, to, to cut them off, to delinquish them and follow after him. Are you following what I'm saying? Because there are some people I know that if the culture say at this certain time, this certain time of year that we smoke, that we drink a little whiskey, and the culture says it. But I learned over the years that, that, that the culture does not supersede biblical principles. Somebody always say amen. It doesn't. And if your culture has so much control on you, then you're in some trouble. Because God is not going to take any of us to heaven who hold on to culture. Are you with me? There are some things. Are you, there are some things we can keep as a culture. Maybe, maybe, maybe cook certain things. But, but, but there. But most of the things we have to leave off. We can't take with us. There must be a transformation of heart, and, and, and only as we follow Christ. We can have this transformation of heart. Writer goes on to talk talks about how 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 parents ought to be careful when they have children. When they have little children, they they they, they seem to arouse their 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 gratification. They they seem to do things for them to to just just, just because they, they don't want to lose their friendship. Are you with me? And oftentimes we cause our children a disservice. Ellen White said, and I know some of you never heard of her, but this writer said that 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 when we follow Jesus, there are some there are some things that we have to leave off, whether they're sports, whether they're amusement, and, and, and we have to help our children to see Christ where He is. Are you following me? So if your child do not see Christ as a person that will help them. If they don't see Christ as a person that can give them hope, if they don't see Christ, Bill, as a person that will give them peace, then why do you think when they get up at a certain age, they leave the church? There is something that we are doing as a church have affected our young people. And I understand some young people leave because they want to experience the world. But oftentimes, a lot of it is because we have done things in front of them. We, they have watched us. And we think they're not watching. They're not listening. They listen to things we're doing. They're watching us. And, and, and it's a shame. It's like we get home, Bill. Listen to me now. We get home. And we do certain things. In one hour, but we sit there and gossip. I have heard it from other, other people in churches. I'm not talking about in the Baptist church or in a Pentecostal church or a Methodist church. I'm talking about in the Adventist church where our children sit there and listen to this stuff. Then we tell them that God is good. Is he really good? Are you following what I'm saying? Is God good to us? Because to our children, God is not so good. To our young people, they, they look at the stuff. They say, if God is so good, then why are you unhappy? If God is so good, then why are you gossiping about people? If God is so good, then where is your peace? And we take it so lightly as, as though they're doing their own. They are, look, our children are a carbon copy of who? 
They are a carbon copy of us. So we say, well, hey, well, when they do certain things, they say, wow. And if, you, if you're honest, if you see things, you can, you can honestly say, well, yeah, that was me when I was younger. That is me. And one thing I learned about young people, young people will respect you when you be honest, when you tell the truth. When you tell them, yes, I did certain things. Yes, I went certain places when I was younger. Yes, I did this, I did that. Your young people will respect you because they know that you have struggles just like they did. Are you following me? So in the story, let me go back to the story here. On the wayside is where we are now. I went, I went too far, I believe so. Kind of jumped the gun a little bit. Here we are. On the wayside, some, say, some seeds fell by the wayside. The explanation of the seed that fell by the wayside. He said, when one heareth the word of the kingdom and understand it not, then cometh the wicked one, snatch it away, and that which is sown in the heart. This is he which received the seed of the wayside. The seed sowed by the wayside represents the word of God like the hard beaten path trodden down by the feet and men and beasts in the heart that becomes highway, highway for the world's traffic in its pleasures and sins absorb the selfish aims and selfish indulgence. The soul is hardened and faculties are paralyzed. So when men hear the word but understand it not, they do not discern that which it applies to them, themselves. They do not, they do not realize their need or the danger that they do not perceive the love of God. And they pass by the message of his grace as something that does not concern them. And as the birds are ready to catch up the seed from the wayside, so Satan is ready to catch the seed of divine truth from the soul. I want to go to the stony. This is among the thorns. And he also received seed among the thorns. It's he that heareth the word and the cares of this world and the seaful of richness choke the word and he become unfruitful. So the gospel seed often falls among thorns and, and notorious weeds. And if there is no moral transformation in the human heart, it 
if there is not a moral transformation in the human heart, if the old habits and practices are, for, are still going on, we're in some trouble. So that when the thorn, when the seed falls by the stony, stony ground, if we still have old practices, then that means that the, the enemy has came. The enemy has came and removed those things that we have heard of God. And so in other words, we, you and I must fortify ourselves with the word of God. We must fortify ourselves with, with the teachings of the word of God and with the spirit of prophecy. So we must fortify ourselves. You know, there are certain things we have to leave off. Maybe some, certain type of music, maybe certain type of uh, TV shows. I, and, and, and I remember when, it, when I first accepted the Lord. It was 35 years ago. And I was driving down the street, and I was driving, and, I, and at that time I had a four-door 98. And you remember those cassette players they had, those eight tracks, some old ones that you just stick in, they, they about this big. <laughs> you just stick into your cassette uh, uh, eight-track player. And so I was driving down the street, and the Lord spoke to me. I was already in the process. I was already in the process being giving my heart to the Lord. Changes was taking places. Uh, uh, so, so I was driving one day, and I'm listening to a certain group, and I'm not going to say the name because some of us remember them from way back in the day. And so this particular group I was listening to on the A-track, and I rolled down the window, Mike, and I took this A-track and threw it out. That was it. That was it. I was delivered from this thing, and I never went back and listened to that type of music before. And I, and I tell you who it was. It was the Isley Brothers. <laughs> so you, you remember, some of y'all remember the Isley Brothers, Earth, Wind, and Fire, and, and those type of groups were my groups back in the day. And so it was the last time I listened to that music. And I know some people say, well, you can do both. I don't think so, because if, if your heart been transformed, you're not going to have a desire to listen to that stuff anymore. You're not. God is going to take it away. Only individuals who have been born again and been, and been made in the image of Christ, they not, God is going to take away that desire. How many believe that? He will take that desire from you. And if the desire is still in your heart, that means that, that the old man is still active. He is still alive. He has not been put to death. And we have to understand that we have, we have a battle to fight, that we have the old man and we have the new man. But whoever we feed the most become what? They become our God. They become our God. So if we feed the new man... The old man will, he will starve to death. He has no more dominion or control over you. And so, so Jesus puts it this way. If, if any man be in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, he is a new creation. That old things are passed away, behold, all things become new. You believe that, don't you? It's not just words. We must become new in Christ Jesus. In other words, God will give you and I a new plan, a new decision, a new, a new, new attributes. He would give us new thinking. And so 
those old desires have no more control over you. They don't have any control of you unless you give them authority. Uh, you follow what I'm saying? If the old man is still active and he has control over you, that means you're giving him permission. See, people like Flip, Will, Flip, Flip Wilson used to say, the devil made me do it. The devil has never made any of us do anything. We give him power. We give him authority. He can't make you do anything. How many believe that? I, I know the enemy is strong. He is strong. He is powerful. But God is stronger. Y'all believe that, don't you? Amen. <laughs> Y'all believe that. Because look, I know some of us, we've been so reserved for years. But if God gave you the power to be overcomers, to be victorious, they ought to, they ought to, somebody ought to say amen. And there's nothing wrong with all you say, Lord, I agree with you. I concur. It's the truth. Amen. You, do you think you're going to get to heaven you're going to be quiet? <laughs> the song says, don't wait until the battle is over. Do what? Shout now. Now, I'm not saying shout. I'm not talking about knocking over tables and chairs and, and doing flips down the, you know, down the middle of the aisle. That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about what I'm saying, that there ought to be some peace. There ought to be, and nobody have to tell you. You don't have to, you, don't, you and I don't have to broadcast that we have peace. We don't have to broadcast that we are Christian. People are going to see it. The Bible says, by our love. Yes, they know that we are Christians by our love, and people can see that. I know in Sabbath school, beautiful Sabbath school, God's design for us to become one, to be connected with Jesus. And the only way we can be connected with him is to study his word, to apply his word, and share his word. Those are the techniques that the Lord taught me. But see, we can learn about the 2300-day prophecy. We can learn about the 1260-day prophecy. We can learn about the state of the dead and, and, and the Sabbath and all of that. But if Christ is not if, he, is he, if he's not in our hearts, those things mean nothing. The Satan knows all of those things. He knows about the 2300-day prophecy. He knows about the Sabbath. He knows about the state of the dead. So what makes you think, because you may keep those things, that you have a ticket to heaven? One writer said that many people will be lost, desiring to be saved, but they never reach out to God. See, reaching out to God is giving your heart to him. There is some cooperation. I think the Sabbath school teacher said that there is some cooperation involved. It is. Because some people think that God is going to save them by force. Some people think that if God wants them to be saved, he's going to do it. Oh, really? He's going to do it only if you cooperate with him, Mike, right? There has to be some cooperation. And so when you and I decide to follow Christ, we said yes to him. There was some what? Cooperation. We, we said, I'm willing to give my heart to you. But most of us don't understand that when we made that commitment, we were saying to, to God that I'm going to leave these worldly things behind. That's what we were saying. That's what we were saying. And maybe we didn't understand that. 
Maybe we didn't understand that we're going to stop listening to certain music. Maybe we didn't understand that we're going to stop going to certain places. You see, when God takes root, root of the heart, we're not going to have a desire to do those things anymore. Are you following what I'm saying? And so I don't care what church you may go to. That pastor, that minister, that elder, he is not God. And only he can save you. That minister, he has no heaven to put you in. Are you following what I'm saying? That minister, oh, he may have a hell to put you in. Was it the grave? <laughs> he, may, he may be able to put you there. But only what we do for Christ will last. How Jesus designed that the last seed that was planted, some gave a hundredfold, some gave sixtyfold, some gave thirtyfold. These were the individuals that had given their hearts to the Lord. Matthew 25 talks about, I was in prison and you came and see me. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was naked and you clothed me. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. These individuals had such a relationship with the Lord, they didn't even recognize they was doing this, Mike. They said, well, when did we do it? Jesus said, when you did it to the least of these, you did it unto me. So they did it because they were compelled to do it. The church didn't ask them to do it. The church did not force them to do it. They were willing to do it because they were compelled by the Spirit of God. So God's design for you and I is to bring people into the fold. We are living in the last days, and I know I said this before, all of us said that before. We, we, we are living in the 21st century. We see things that are happening in our world. We see things that are messed up with our government, with our, with our, with our society. It should let us know that time is winding up. We are in the last days. I know they said it thousands of years ago. They said it 35 years ago when I joined the church that that time is winding up. This is 35 years later. And so Ellen White said that the last events that would take place would be what? Rapid ones. He's going to speed up the time. And there will be people coming out of Babylon. There will be people coming out of these false places and churches and joining the ranks of God. Because there are some people you don't, I know, they know what they're being taught in various churches. They know it's not, they know that something ain't right. Trust me, I got friends who are Baptist ministers, and they know something ain't right. They know that God did not give this first day of the week as a day of worship. They know that. They know that God gave the Sabbath day. They, they even, they stated it. I had one friend told me that 20 years ago, that he believed that the Sabbath is a Sabbath, that God is no respect of person. And one thing that caused me to look at this thing even deeper 35 years ago, when, 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 when I learned about this day of worship, the Sabbath, so if, if why would God give the Jews that day to keep and he gave other people another day I said he, God is not the author of confusion so God is going to give humanity 
when he gave the Sabbath, it was instituted in the garden. There were only two pieces of people on the face of the earth. And God does not change. So God doesn't, God just, just didn't change the day just because the day he rose. It still exists. And the Bible tells us, according to Luke chapter 23, that, that he rested on the Sabbath. But early morning that Sunday, he got up the first day of the week. But the day does not change because the day he rose. It still exists today. And not only that, if, if his name, his name is Daddy, Father, his name is in the middle of his day. If we look at the word Sabbath, we look at S-A-B-B-A-T-H, Abba is right in the middle of his day. Many people don't understand that Sunday became a, became a day that was placed there by Catholicism. Many people don't know that because they have not studied. They have not done any research. And so whatever their leaders say, they go along with their leaders. Well, my Bible tells me that we need to study God's word, line upon line, precept upon precept here a little, there a little. And then it says, study to show yourself approved. Rightly divide the word of what? Truth. So Jesus is asking us that we must know him personally. If anybody is lost, it's my fault. I can't blame it on my pastor. I can't blame it on any of the ministers. I can't blame it on any of the members because I... I have an opportunity to open up the word and study for myself. And so we got a heaven again. And we have a hell to shun. And one day Jesus is coming back soon. And his angels are going to be escorting him back to this planet earth. And those of us who have made our connection with Christ... I felt your pain. Debbie, I felt your pain. I wonder sometimes, Lord, why why do I have to cry when I not only see the pain of other people, but just the pain of seeing this world headed in a direction that it's headed in. And we have we have the word. We have the truth. And God is looking for his people to live out the truth. Because the truth will set you free. Isn't that true? The truth will set you free. No one can do that for you but you. And so I I got, in closing, I got 25 points or 25 ways that you can grow in the Lord. But I'm not going to share all 25. I'm going to share the main ones. Number one, we must pray. Number two, we must read our Bibles. Number three, give thanks to God. Number four, practice humility. I think that we talked about that in Sabbath school. We must practice humility. We must understand that it's not about us at all. We must humble ourselves. And that's something we don't, we don't have, Donald. Humanity does not have humility. 
It only comes from above. But with our relationship with Jesus, we can have humility because we have to understand it is not about us. It isn't. Not about us at all. We must die to self daily. It is a daily thing that we must do. We must understand that only Christ can give us peace. He is the only one that can give us peace. Humanity does not possess it. It only comes from above. Let me, let me share with you some more things. We must memorize scriptures. We must start and end your day with God. Give back to God. Take communion. Repent of your sins. And, and, and repent of your sins. First John 1 John 1.9 says that if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See, oftentimes we want the we want the forgiveness part, but what about the cleansing part? God wants us, God wants to remove it from us. He wants to take it away. We can't take what we have to heaven. In fact, we ain't going to heaven if we're still holding on to some habits, if we're holding on to some hereditary and cultivated things. If there's effort involved, God will honor that. If you make efforts, if you, if you and I begin to surrender, if you and I cooperate with the Spirit of God, God will honor that because we're making efforts. Are you following what I'm saying? And so the next one is we must share the gospel. We must bring order to our house. I know some of our homes is chaos. Some of our homes should be a a heaven on earth. God wants our home to have unity. He wants our home to have peace. The only way you and I can bring peace to the home, both parties, whether it's a husband and wife, a child, must be connected to God. And heaven Parents have a heavy responsibility. They do. Sometimes people take counsel from other people that mean them no good. They think they do. They think because I'm related to them, they think because we're good friends, that I need to take counsel from them. And they, you, How many believe there's some counsel you don't need to listen to? <laughs> there are some people you don't need to listen to. They give you, they're not giving you wise counsel. They're leading you away from Christ. They're trying to to lead you to to them. Oftentimes, people want to be your God. The Bible says, put no trust in who? Man. Mankind. Don't put no trust in man, woman at all. None. Because man is capable of falling. God is the only one that will last, that will stand forever. The next one is, we, we must... We must seek guidance from wise counsel. I just talked about that. Fellowship with others. Do good works. Forgive others. Avoid things God hates. Help others in need. And I think I talked about that before. It is easy to help somebody that we are connected to, we're related to. But what about people who are not related to us? That's not easy. 
So that's all connected in parallel with Matthew 25, that these individuals were helped by the people of God. They had no favoritism. I'm closing. So Jesus is calling for the church today in this 21st century to come back to him, to give their hearts totally to him. You want to grow in Christ? Those points that I just read, remember them. Practice them. Allow Jesus to lead you. Get self out of the way. Self will cause us to be lost. Christ is wants us to grow and to be, be prepared for his second coming. Now, how many people who are willing to say, Lord, I want to be a part of this kingdom. I want to be able to help a hundredfold, sixtyfold, thirtyfold. I, I want to be able to help others to the kingdom, but we can't do it by force. We must surrender because people... You don't have to tell people what you are. People will see it. They will see it. They will come and ask you, who is the God that you know? Because they see when the whole world is gone crazy, they can see that there is peace about you. The church as a whole do not practice peace. We have become so much like the world that we look like the world, and so people can't even... They can't even determine if you are a Christian or not. Your mouth may say it, but your actions are saying something different. So my question is, are you willing to be a part of those that will make a hundredfold, sixtyfold, thirtyfold? And if you are, I'm going to ask that you would stand with me. If you're willing to do that, and you want to say, Lord... I want to be a part of this system. I want to be a part of your kingdom. I want to make my call and election sure. Let's bow our heads. Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord, that your people made a decision to follow you, Lord. There was a lot in that particular study, Lord, and I only cover half of it, Lord because time would not permit it. And so, Lord, I pray at the sound of my weak voice that you would feel the need of your people, that you would cause us, Lord, to walk in the light as you are in the light, and we will have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ will heal us from all sins. So, Father, right now, we give our hearts to you, Lord. We want to live a God-fearing life, Lord. We know that it takes more than just studying. It takes more than just coming to church on the Sabbath. It takes more than just coming to church even on Sunday. It is a lifestyle. And so, Lord, I pray that you would feel the hearts of your people. That you would give us peace. That you would go with us, Lord, throughout this day. And whatever we may do on this day, this day that you have set aside, may we do it to your name, honor, and glory. And may we not feel 
that we have heaven in view because we keep the Sabbath. But may we feel that if we have that connection with Jesus, he is the Lord of the Sabbath. And he will cause us to keep that day because he has given us his strength. And he will live in us. And so as he live in us, Lord, then we will honor what he honors. We will love what he loves. We will speak what he would speak. And so, Lord, please do that for us today. In Christ's name, amen.